following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? That says it all. That was a very telling sigh right there. JV, you know, I'm always glad to sit down in the chair with you. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know it doesn't feel the same. No. no. It, it doesn't feel the same. As no, me. not at all. Um, We got a lot to talk about this week. Yeah. We, we're definitely going to talk some football. Got to talk oh, some football. football. Yeah. Got a big game coming up in it, a couple days. Chiefs do, and 49ers. Chiefs and 49ers, and we're going to get into a lot of that. Oh, yeah. we're definitely going to get into that because mm-hmm. I'll say this. This should be, whether or not you're a fan of the teams, based on personnel, styles, matchups, the most fun Super Bowl to watch mm-hmm. since Super Bowl 52. Because, unbiased or not, 52 was an exciting game. Yeah. And regardless of who wins this weekend, and we'll get into all of that mm-hmm. in a minute, mm-hmm. I'm expecting a very exciting yeah. game. And and honestly, that's what we need. I think, you know, you always talk about, you know, sports being that distraction mm-hmm. and, and, use, and people who use sports as, you know, a, a vehicle to just... It's an escape. Yeah, as an escape. For whatever those three hours, mm-hmm. two and a half hours, however long your game of choice lasts, you get to unplug, forget about mm-hmm. my boss was getting on my nerves, mm-hmm. forget about my kid needs new shoes, yeah. forget about this bill needs to get paid, mm-hmm. and you just enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people need that right now. There's a lot of people who need an escape right now. So, you know, bring bring on the Super Bowl. We don't have to say what happened this week to make it that type of week. We know, mm-hmm. and we'll we, and we're we are going to get into the, to that as well. We're going to talk about that this week as well. But let's start. Let's start. Let's start with the Super Bowl. Let's start with. Let's definitely start with some football. We're going to switch gears a little later. Yeah. Have a special guest joining us for the second half of the show. Okay. I am actually looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And we'll let the people know who that is in a little bit. All right. But for now, before we switch gears, let's talk a little football. All right. Let's talk let's talk football. Super Bowl fifty two. Fifty <laughs> That's what's on my mind. Mm-hmm. Eagles on the brain. This got, is, I do got Eagles. Super this Bowl fifty four. Yeah. It is fifty four. This is fifty four. In Miami. I'm jealous of anyone who's in Miami right now. Exactly. You you're jealous. It's because cold. One, it, it, it's cold. Oh yeah, we're we're in the Northeast and it's cold. It's like forty something degrees today, right? You know, forty something felt good. I wasn't complaining about forty something today. I, I was because a couple weeks ago it was in the teens mm-hmm. and that was real cold. Oh yeah, I I you know, well, look, I don't need to tell you because you're an island boy. Mm-hmm. I I hate the cold. Ah oh, man, to me anything. Under sixty five degrees is cold to me. That's, I'm I'm with you. I, I'm I'm. Mm-hmm. You will hear no arguments from me about how unlikable, displeasurable, 
just flat out loathsome the cold is. I I don't like cold. I don't do cold. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be hot than cold any day. I would rather be in Miami right now preparing for an Eagles Super Bowl. And and here's the thing. It's not the way the media, the way the business of media has grown. And we could us you and I with a podcast that runs off two mics and a laptop. We have met enough people. We have enough resources that if we wanted to do, just you and I, we could have went down to Miami, found mm-hmm. ourselves a Motel 6 or something to stay in, rented ourselves a little Honda Civic or something, and just been driving around, to, you know. Oh, we could have got some great content. Yeah, we could have got some covered, great. Covered again. Look, ODD would have been lit oh, in Miami. Have- Oh, we'd had a good time. Oh yeah. Head. Do you know where next year's Super Bowl is? I don't. We'd have to. I don't uh-huh. remember off the top of my okay. head. We'll have to check that out. Let's let's, let's set let's set a a, a, a you, New you, Year's you resolution. You thinking road trip? Yeah. Let's do that. We're due for a road trip. Yeah. We have, yes. We definitely are due for a road yes. trip. We need to find that out. We need to find out where Super Bowl Fifty Five is. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, we still need to talk about Super Bowl Fifty Four. Super Bowl Fifty Four. This is a, this is a good matchup. Now I will tell you, I will start the conversation this way. Last time we did a show, what I said when we broke down the NFC Championship game was I thought that the San Francisco defense would provide Aaron Rodgers with more problems than he could handle, and that's not to say. You know, that wasn't to say that Aaron Rodgers was a slouch. Aaron Rodgers is still, you know, but, top but, three quarterback but for him in the league. To, he can't do it by himself. Yeah. The, team, the team around him was not going to give him the support he needed for him to overcome the problem that was the San Francisco 49ers defense. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Super Bowl 55 is in Tampa, Florida. Florida. It, 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 yeah. I, I like word, Florida. Keyword, Florida. Not even as far a drive as Miami. So we, I, I like Florida. Mm-hmm. That's all. I, uh, Florida works for me. Florida in January. Florida in February works. Mm-hmm. All right. Just you know. Stay I, tuned. Stay tuned. Yes. No. Yes. We're gonna, we're gonna make this one happen. Okay. I'm in. All right. Let's do this. We'll figure mm-hmm. it out. We'll put a little pot together. Or something you know. Make that happen. Oh yeah. Pencil me in. Super Bowl Fifty Five. We're there. All right. Got you. Got you. All right. Back to the back to Super Bowl Fifty Four. Mm-hmm. So we're looking Chiefs and Forty Nine. Chiefs and Forty Nine. The way the reason I started my point the way I started mm-hmm. was I thought that the San Francisco D would would provide Aaron Rodgers with a lot of problems, and that's what happened in the NFC Championship game. I say that to say. I am not sure that they can do that same they they can do that with Patrick Mahomes because I think Patrick Mahomes has a lot more weapons than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that is true. Mm-hmm. The the Kansas City offense is a special one. Mm-hmm. You have quite possibly the two fastest receivers in the league out there in Hardman and Tyreek Hill. You have Sammy Watkins, who is a very, very, very competent receiver to make the th- the trio. Yeah. You've got Travis Kelsey, who is no question a top three tight end in the league. Debate, however you like, 
those three. Once you get to once you but get the top no, three, once you get in the top three, you we know, all know who that group yeah, of three is: yeah. Kittle, Kelsey, and Ertz. Those three. He mm-hmm. debate which, which one you like, what they like, Doesn't what you like him. about yeah. them. But those three are the top yeah. three, the cream of the crop. Yeah, they have him. Mm-hmm. Their running game has not had the same pop. They haven't had quite the same balance since mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt left town, but it gets the job done. It's adequate. Mm-hmm. And you have a quarterback who makes all the throws with a – I mean, he's a pure thrower of the ball. Mm-hmm. He sees the defense well. He's been coached up by one of the best coaches for quarterbacks we've seen in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And he, he's mobile as well. Mm-hmm. He knows how to move. So that offense presents a unique problem for any defense Mm -hmm. to try to slow them down. The Ravens' offense, had they have made it here instead of the Chiefs, would have provided some complications, some difficulties, trying to slow down Lamar Jackson with his versatility. But Mahomes, while he's not Lamar Jackson fast, Mm He is absolutely mobile, and he's more advanced at this point as a passer than Lamar Jackson is. Mm-hmm. Additionally, he has a lot more high-end weapons at his disposal than Lamar Jackson did. Mm-hmm. So this offense, I mean, we've seen it in this playoffs. They can go down 24 points in the first quarter and still blow you out. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. Uh, no, uh, if you're playing a game of Madden, you turn it off when you're down twenty-four. Exactly, nothing. game over. It's, it's funny because I mean that that is that 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 part of that that Madden speak mm-hmm. how that's kind of worked its way in the mainstream <laughs> vernacular. You know, the mainstream conversation. There were so many people on Twitter, so many people on uh, on Facebook. You know, as soon as as, as soon as uh, as soon as they went down. 24 nothing. People are game over. Game over. It's a 21 skunk rule. I mean, that's as and, old as the game itself. And more so than that, it's it's more of like a benchmark in people's minds, really, mm-hmm. that you're down three full touchdowns. It, that over. lead is insurmountable for, mo- you, for most people most times. That lead is insurmountable. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's probably more universal than this. But if you went to a black school, there's no way you're staying on the sticks Nuh-uh. after 21. You know, game you, over. Game over. You have to get up off the sticks. That, that's exactly. Why are you still sitting here? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, look, we we only got a, know, we got X amount of time to play. People waiting. People, are waiting. yeah, you got to get off the mm-hmm. sticks. You you have to 21 skunk. That's the rule. I taught it was like me. I taught my son that probably as soon as we started playing Madden. You go down 21 nothing game. You know, game's he over. He wants to keep playing. Mm-mm. It's like no, no, nah, we don't no, play this no, one anymore. Play, no, but the over. Chiefs can keep playing, and they can blow you out after that. I feel they like ended up winning what 51 to 51 to uh, 31. 31 31. Yeah. They went down. 24 nothing and then outscored them 51 to, to seven. 7. Yes. It was ugly once they got rolling. Mm-hmm. That's the type of explosiveness this Kansas City Chiefs team has. It's it's funny my wife and son who are they're the members of this family I usually watch the most football with. Mm-hmm. They weren't watching that game. I can't, I'm watching the game. Chiefs go down 24 24- Nothing. 
and I and I come out the room and I and I say to them, Chiefs is getting stomped. They down twenty four nothing, and they're like, oh, there's no need. Like they they were planning on coming and joining me to watch the game, and they when I told them it was twenty four nothing, they were like, oh, well, forget it then. There's no need to watch this game. <laughs> Kansas City starts coming back. Mm-hmm. When they come, I'm like, yo. Y'all need to turn on this game, and they're, and they're sitting like it's a blowout. Why would I need to turn on the game? I'm like, no, you need you to turn need on to turn, this game. You need to see what is happening right now. And then when when Kansas City finally takes the lead, I'm like, yo, you're not gonna believe it. You you needed to watch this. If there was ever a game, now I understand people turning off a game. I've turned off games before, but if that was the time when you needed to watch an entire game because it was like two games now, in one. Now that game I kept watching simply because it was so early and there's just nothing else to watch. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Sunday Sunday afternoon NFL playoff game is on. Mm-hmm. Programming directors knew not to they're, – they're not charging a lot for advertising. They know no. not to put anything. They're expecting to draw advertising you're dollars watching, on. You're watching bullfighting, bull, <laughs> bull riding. Exactly. Ice they, skating. They know where ratings are going to be that time of day, so they're not even offering you up much. Or 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 the bad Marvel movies, not even the good <laughs> ones. You're not, you're not watching Avengers or, or Captain America. Uh, they're watching, showing Iron Man 3. Yeah, you're watching the Marvel <laughs> movies. You have no – Fast and the Furious, you're watching Tokyo Drift. You're not even watching like the good Fast and the Furious movies. You're watching Tokyo Drift. (laughs) Exactly. Stuff like that. But nonetheless, it's like you have, this is the offense that you have in your Super Bowl. You know, this is, you know, the irresistible force versus the immovable object. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the story, the story that if, if there's going to be a San Francisco victory, I think it's going to come down to Jimmy Garoppolo making plays. And he's been he's he's been good. He's he's a good quarterback. Are you saying you don't believe in Jimmy? I'm saying this is his big this is his biggest test. I'm I'm saying this defense has helped him along. He's made some plays, but You're deflecting now- the question, sir. The question was Are you saying mm-hmm. that you don't believe in Jimmy? You know what? Hey, man, let's call a spade a spade. No. No. What do you have against Jimmy? Don't have anything against Jimmy. This is not, this is not me. Uh, no, if you don't believe, what, what, what flaws has Jimmy no, displayed I, I, that has I, caused I, you not to believe in him? I, am, I doubt his ability to go out and win this game. That's my Why? question. Hmm? Why? Has he done it before? Has Mahomes done it before? Yeah. No. Yeah. Neither one of them has gone out here and won a Super Bowl before. Won a Super Bowl? No. They I both said, won a I conference said, championship before. That's the mm-hmm. biggest game either mm-hmm. of them has played, and they both won it. Matter of fact, Mahomes think, lost one before he won one. Okay. Jimmy G got there and won. Jimmy G got one there and won. But do you put that one on Jimmy G or you put that on the defense? Do you put it all on Mahomes or you put it on all the weapons around him as well? Put if if Patrick Mahomes has the Eagles receiving core, you think he looks the same? The beginning of the season, Eagles, or the end of the season, Eagles? It, either way, it works out the same. You get, you, you get Patrick Mahomes, Alshon, Jeffrey, and Deshaun, a healthy Alshon and uh, Deshaun, yeah. But those are the Eagles receiving core. Those are the ones that fell apart and didn't play this year. You want He wants those, them? 
Well, look, I said at the beginning of the season, we're talking fantasy. We're they went out in week one, week two. That is the beginning of the season. That's what I mean. But Th- those we're guys, talk, we're talking hypothetical. You say, mm-hmm. so if if no. it's hypothetical, I can make them hypothetically healthy. <clears throat> nah, they're not healthy guys. They're older receivers, both thirty mm-hmm. plus, that mm-hmm. didn't make it we're, through a we year. Speak, we speaking hypothetically. So hypothetically, they're healthy. If they hypothetically hurt, then no. If they hypothetically on the bench watching in, in, in street clothes, then no. So. If you give him, and I don't even remember all these guys' names, <laughs> Davis, Burnett, Ward, Greg Ward, um, Greg Ward Jr., excuse Greg, me. Yeah, you know, disrespect to his dad. You know? mm-hmm. you, so you, you give Patrick Mahomes the, these guys, and you telling me that the off, Kansas City offense looks the same. Got to believe in Big Red. Do you, you remember see the, the way you're looking at me right now? Do you remember what the Eagles' look, offense looked like with Big Red when he had no receivers? Yeah, they were still in the conference championship. And what happened? They didn't get there, and we yeah. were always every you know, year screaming like about yeah, the, receivers. the receivers. So are you saying this because you think I should have more faith in Jimmy G? I'm saying you have just as much reason to have faith in Jimmy G as you do Mahomes. Now you're deflecting. I ask you, do you have more faith in Jimmy G? I don't give either one of them the advantage as far as that. Okay. Because for, for me, like the, the thing somebody has to edge in that regard. In, at that, the quarterback position. That's a been there, done that. So you if think- one of these guys had Tom Brady's resume, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even give him Drew Brees' resume, yeah. Even an Aaron Rodgers' resume where you I've seen you get to the Super Bowl and perform, then yeah, I've got reason to believe in you. These are two young quarterbacks – both actually in their second years as the starter. Mm-hmm. Both have been through some knee injuries in their careers, missed time. Both in their first big game. And both of them have their teams playing very, very well. Like All the credit goes to the 49ers defense. Mm-hmm. These guys are still putting up close to 30 a game themselves. They're not the Chiefs 30 points in 10 seconds offense, mm-hmm. but that they will run the ball with three guys right down your throat, and Jimmy G has been able to make every play he's needed to make when called upon. Yeah, there's been a game where he threw 12 passes, but if I can run for 200 yards, what coach is going to throw the ball? Stop the run. That's just good football. We're, we're, it's not like we're losing. We're winning the game running the ball, and you can't stop it. I'm going to keep running too. I don't hold that against Jimmy. They won a game. It wasn't like – they were trying to hide him. They just had a real advantage in the running game. You know, if you run for 70, yard, 70 yards and you just play slow down football because you're scared of your quarterback, that's not what they were doing. They were effectively running the ball down someone's throat and saw no need to change. So I can't. that's not a game I can hold against him. And everything else I've seen from him, he's lived up to the moment every time he's been called to. So... For me, quarterback-wise, of course Mahomes is more phys- the more physically gifted of the two, but physical gifts in on the football field or honestly on any playing field, any athletic arena, are not the sole determination of what makes you a winner. And Jimmy G, like it or not, he's shown over his career that he's a winner. So for me, I have to now start looking at the rest of the teams. 
And that's where I want to go with this next. Okay. So let's take a quick break, and then we get back. We talked quarterbacks a little bit. You see, at Mahomes have an edge. For me, it's it's kind of a coin toss. Okay. Really, so, you think you you think they're that cl- that that close as far as being winners? Okay. It they're both winners. Okay. Mahomes is the more physically gifted kid. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want to watch, if like if I'm gonna show a kid video, but like what to aspire for, yeah, I'm going showing them Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Like, but if I'm trying to win a game, Jimmy G knows how to win. Okay, I hear you. All right, so let's take that quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more Super Bowl Fifty Four. You know, we'd rather talk Super Bowl Fifty Two, but right here on offense, defense, and discourse. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. Paid off like the assassin, now I'm blasting, I'm taking over. Stick you for your blue range rover. I told you, Rampage, your real life soldier. Been in the game since the age of 13. James Lewis. Dwelling south of the Hudson, New Jerusalem in seclusion. Uh, Using fake suit and yeah. I'm true. Bad, my travels like a schizo with two tabs with do-rags hanging from my pocket. Huh. What, boy? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 31, I mean 13. We took a left on Carroll Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, y'all, we are back. Thanks for hanging out with us, talking some football, Super Bowl 54 coming up this weekend. We've been talking... We're getting into the matchups a little bit. Yeah. And we talk quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get, before we jump into this, I, I want to ask you, now that we've talked, because I have not seen you since our last show. Okay. And the last time that we actually talked, you know, you, you were saying that you weren't quite in that Super Bowl feeling yet. You weren't there yet. Oh, I'm here now. You're here then. Now, because that's that's what that's where I was gonna add. You know, it's like now that I'm we've here talked, now, mm-hmm. but yeah, but my emotions have been, I guess, muted all week. Yeah, and I, what I guess what I was trying to say. I'm excited I, for the game. Like mm-hmm. when the game gets here, I'm ready for it. I, yeah. I'm like I, you heard me say. I think this is going to be one of the more. It's shaping up to be, based on the mashup, one of the more exciting games I, we've seen in a long time. And now that you, now that we're talking about the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. because you know it, it took us getting through you know a, a crazy start of the week to get to the point where we can sit down and talk 
Mm-hmm. Super Bowl talk X's and O's yeah, talk I, 49ers talk Chiefs. Yeah, I'm genuinely glad we don't do this show on Monday. Mm-hmm. We I, I we would have canceled. I would have canceled the show. You'd have been sitting here by yourself. I've I've, I've done it before. I've, I might not have done a show. I'd have just been sitting here looking <laughs> looking at a microphone. It's like um, oh what what do I do now? <laughs> but now now we get to actually mm-hmm. talk. Super Bowl. And do you enjoy the whole Super Bowl experience? Are you is that you? Some of the media sessions, the player interviews, some of those are entertaining. Yeah. Cuz you get some of those personalities that are just fun and like I you know, I know you all hate here that I keep going back to the Eagles, but oh well, it's my show and I'm going to do what I want. Go ahead. That being said, like do you remember Alshon Super Bowl week with that interview with sunglasses and the skull cap on, mm, yep. sitting there looking like, mm. Mm. like he was almost completely like disinterested, too yeah. cool for the interview. Like yeah. that was a fun moment to me. Like, like to me, the 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 build up, it it is what it is, mm-hmm. and for me, because it is what it is, you know, it. I don't get the complaints. That some people have about it, like you, rem- like I remember people being upset, people being mad at the Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> that's one of my favorite quotes. But the thing, like, the, the thing about it was, you know, there were so many people upset, like, oh, he's making a mockery out of this. Why is he doing this? And I'm like, you look at Media Day. And what Media Day has become over, at this point now, the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. How is that your biggest uh, complaint? You know, you got cartoon characters. Pe- you know, you, you got you got little kids. You got people asking football players questions who have no knowledge or even really an interest in, in the game. In the game. Like you, Jimmy Kimball sends a guy to ask joke questions and most of the other late nights com- yeah. comedy shows do the same. Yeah. It's a it's a show in itself. You have you know it's like people were upset with Marshawn Lynch, you know, like like almost trying to make the media the sympathetic figure in this. Like, we're just out here trying to do our jobs, and this guy is making a mockery of it. And I'm like, no, it was a mockery already. It's been a mockery now for years. True. So at this point now, it's like, Marshawn, you know, it's like, I see this, and just like you said. I'm just here so I don't get fired. What did you say? You said, hey, man, that was funny. Mm -hmm. That's why I am, you know. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I'm like, it's like you can't sit here when there's now, t- when, now, when, when, when there's I have when, to say this mm-hmm. in all honesty mm-hmm. there is some credence to be given to the media's position of we are just trying to do our jobs because without and I say this specifically in the sport the arena of sports mm-hmm. where public interest is what creates these player salaries mm-hmm. like a lot of people's i know we often go to well the athlete is this talented and this that and the other but if fans don't watch mm-hmm. i don't care how talented you are the fans pay your pay mm-hmm. indirectly the fans are paying your salary so the idea that if you make it to the big game 
make yourself available to the fans, essentially, e- even if it, what, 10 minutes, 20-minute media obligation, something like that, is that really that big a deal? There is some credence to that. There, there, that being said, that being said, I feel I, like I think people take it too seriously. I think people take it too seriously, and I feel like part of the problem with Media Day now is not only is it the app, you know, it's not only the athletes and their answers to whatever questions, but the story now becomes who's asking the questions, mm-hmm. and in a situation where it was all about. You know, the media trying to convey the athletes' feelings to the fans who, in turn, pay pay their salary. You have the media who the fans don't pay at all mm-hmm. trying to shoehorn themselves into the story. Whereas now that you have that, that element has been introduced. Well, I mean, essentially, the fans pay the media's salary, too. Cause the same, same as sports. We mm-hmm. stop watching what happens to their salaries. Mm-hmm. But I think in the same, but in the same, you got media people. Like the money always comes from the customer at the end of mm-hmm. the day. But are you buying from them? Like it's one thing, you know, it's, of course it's not. If the, I don't like their content, I essentially am because I'm going to the other station. I'm mm-hmm. going to the other media outlet. But a, lot of, but a lot of it is, you know, it's one thing if it was, you know, companies like, like that report sports. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just saying for conversation's sake, like, you know, it's not an ESPN or Sports Illustrated or somebody like that not who's Fox, doing that. Not Fox Sports or yeah, Bleacher it's, Report. It's not one of these guys. It's not some, SB Nation. Yeah, it's not them doing this, but it's some, you know, some TV show like, you might not Mad be Magazine shows up wanting yeah. to do. And if you don't, <laughs> yeah, you got Mad Magazine, we'll say, and I, I don't know. I don't think them. they actually even exist anymore, mm-hmm. which is why I yeah. use the but Mad you, Magazine. Like, you have some magazine just sending some guy dressed up in a, some cartoon, you know, as some cartoon character. You got Muppets mm-hmm. and puppets and and whatever coming up there just asking crazy questions. So to me, it was like, it's, it was already a mockery. You know, so to me, you know, people's complaints about whatever, you know, it, like I said, it brings me back to you know where I was. It is what it is. But in the end, that's where we are. You know, now opening, you know, it's not even media day now. It's it's NFL Super Bowl opening night. It's a show in itself. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the the smallest angle of Super, you know, of the Super Bowl is now, you know, it's a, it's a show to itself. It's a show of shows. It's shows building up to the big show. And at this point now, you know, the thing about, there's always football for the hardcore football fan, and then there's football for the casual football fan. And the Super Bowl is where they both meet. So at this point now, my question to you is like, how much how much of this Super Bowl buildup do you watch now? Seeing where it's come now, you know, you got the Super Bowl opening night, you got all the different, you know, the NFL has a channel, so there's Super Bowl content on at all times. At this point, leading up to the game, how much are you watching? None of it. None of it. It's not what I'm in it for. I'm in it for the game. Okay. I'll watch clips of interviews mm-hmm. if you're giving me some insight into the game. Mm-hmm. But I, the- I, I'm more interested in coach, coaches' interviews than players' interviews at this mm-hmm. point. Players aren't going to say anything useful. I actually know some 
media members, radio hosts especially, mm-hmm. that don't want they don't want to talk to players because players don't say anything mm-hmm. useful. They used to always be a. Uh, I don't know if you ever changed that. He used to always be a, a, a Tony Kornheiser uh, quote. Mm-hmm. Right? He, he used to always say he didn't like to talk to the players because players just didn't add anything. Yeah. Okay. Coaches, even with all the coach speak mm-hmm. and misdirection that goes on, you can if you're paying attention and you learn how to read coach speak, you can pick up on things. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you d- tell me – Sal Palantonio was talking to the coach or he was at practice and he comes down with some breakdown of what he's seeing or he's giving me an injury update. Yeah, that matters to me. Mm-hmm. But the sideshow stuff, I'll watch clips late at night before on my phone before I go to bed and laugh while I'm yeah. going to sleep. But yeah. I'm not tuning in to no, see it. I'm with you on that. I'm definitely. I'm, 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 I'm here for the game. I'm with you. That's what. That's You, you want to know what? I want the competition. Mm-hmm. I'm a competition junkie. That's what I want. The other stuff, eh, whatever. No, I hear you. I definitely hear you. All right, then let's let's jump back into the game now. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. All right, we talk about two defenses now. We talk we we talked a little bit about about the offense. Talked Mm -hmm. a little bit about uh, but you got so so yeah. We talked about the quarterbacks. We talked a little bit about the weapons around them. We talked about, definitely talked about Kansas City's weapons. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, they have, they themselves have one of those top three tight ends we mentioned. Mm-hmm. The Emmanuel Sanders trade definitely made things better for San Francisco's receiving core. We talked about their running game, and they have actually been putting up a. I don't know the exact number I recall off the top of my head that San Francisco's been averaging this postseason run, but they're scoring at a decent clip. They're not out there beating teams 12-9 to 9 every game and completely depending on the defense. Mm-hmm. They can score 30 points against you. Yeah. So, for me, I say all this to say that when I consider all of this, I... I keep coming back to one thing. As explosive, and I mean absolutely flat-out explosive, as Kansas City's offense is, I believe San Francisco's defense can do better against Kansas City's offense than Kansas City's defense can do against San Francisco's offense. Now, do you be- is that because of how well they run the ball it it's because of how well they run the wall mm-hmm. they aren't out there just slinging the ball around like warren moon in the in the run and shoot but they they're effective when they do have to pass mm-hmm. and san francisco the, the real thing that really brings me back to it is San Francisco's front four. Not the front seven, the front four. The way to beat a great quarterback, and Mahomes at this point is playing, well, if you don't want to say it, it's, if you want to say it's too soon to call him a great quarterback, he's playing at, he's playing. He's the, playing at a high level. Playing he's the, playing at a great level. At a, playing at a great level right now. Yeah. So, the one way to beat those guys, all right, What did the Giants do to Tom Brady? 
What did the Eagles do to Tom Brady? Only way Tom Brady's got beat. You only rush four. You get home with four and you have seven back in coverage. Because you're not sending seven men on routes. You got five O-linemen. At at most, and then one quarterback, at most you have five people going into routes. They can keep seven in coverage because they can get after your quarterback with four. That disrupts normal defenses. Because normally the answer is, all right, we'll protect when they blitz. I pick up where the blitz is coming from and pick them apart. You can't do that against – that's why Tom Brady struggled to put up points against the Giants. Cause Tom Brady's the best at recognizing blitz and picking you apart. Oh, you're coming from there? Guy's open right behind you. Oh, the pressure came from there? Let's get it out quick there. And he sees it and he just slices you up. But when you don't have the blitz, there's, there's nothing to diagnose. It's just man-on-man man up front and we're beating your old line which is what is so unique about football as a sport in general. Like That's the one sport where I can absolutely out-physical you. If I dominate your line and punch you in the mouth, you don't get to run the rest of your offense. Your running back gets stopped in the backfield before he gets to get going and give anybody a move or two and that be 20 yards downfield. Mm -hmm. Your quarterback doesn't have time to go that five-step drop and wait for the receiver to get de- your speed guy to get deep because you're at him, you're on him before he can finish his three-step drop half the time. So that big play, we're taking it away by just getting to your quarterback. Your whole offense stops when you do- when you get dominated on the lines, and that is what San Francisco is able to do better than anyone else in the league this year. So for me. I keep seeing it come back to, and I actually do want to see Andy Reid win this game. Mm. My gut, like my heart wants to pick the Chiefs. I keep coming back to San Francisco. Just, it's hard for me to pick against defense. It's always like, as long as the offense is adequate, I'm usually going to go for the better defense. And I see San Francisco having an offense that's good enough to score 24 to 30 points against Kansas City mm-hmm. and their defense being good enough to slow Kansas City down, keep them 24 or less possibly, that, which is not an easy task. But if San Francisco can score 31, they can win this game. Mm. And I think they can score 31. I'm actually liking 31-27 49ers. Really? Okay. Now, like, like I said, I understand the running. I, I understand why you believe that. Because San Francisco has been able to run the ball consistently all through this playoffs. Through this playoff run, that's been the benchmark of their offense. It's And it's one of those situations where it's like, it's not necessarily a surprise. It's more or less like, hey, this is what we going to do. Can you stop it? And nobody's been able to do it since. No, no, no one's been able to do it yet. However, I, be- I believe that that will be how Kansas City 
tries to game plan. I think they're going to game plan against this run. And I think they are going to try to make it. So Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo has to make the plays to win this game. And I understand that schematically. Mm-hmm. But you, you Kansas think- City's Achilles Hill historically has been their defense. So do, do you honestly think that Kansas City personnel-wise can really go out there and stop and do what no one else in this playoffs has been able to do, stop the best running team left in football. Well, if, do I believe that? Yes. I, I believe that, that this – this I believe that this Kansas City defense is probably this – could, this could possibly be the best defense that this San Francisco team has had to go against in this year's playoffs. Let's take it. Let's take a look back. We, all right, because I I see you looking at me like you 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 disagree. You think they played the Vikings? Played the Vikings. They played uh they played the, the Packers. Packers. I don't know that the Kansas City defense is much better than the Green Bay Packers defense. You know, really? Mm-mm. Why not? I mean, that's interesting. Explain I, that. I don't see them as being a whole lot more physical up front or better on the lines. Mm-hmm. Green Day, Green Bay secondary has some decent pieces. Mm-hmm. They're not devoid of talent. No, no they're not devoid not, of speed. Yeah, Green Bay has. We're a, talking, but we're talking the NFL playoffs, so mm-hmm. it's not like we're talking about. We're not talking about uh, bad teams. Yeah, we're not talking about bad teams. So, of course, so this, that I'm not saying this to say like if I put the Chiefs ahead of the Packers, like the Packers is trash. No, it's not that. I'm I personally. Mm-hmm. Going into the playoffs, both conferences, Mm -hmm. if you ask me to rank the defenses going in, the Chiefs are probably a bottom half team. Okay. The 49ers are probably number one. Okay. That's what I mean when I say there's a deep gap in defense. Mm -hmm. Like, so you look at a team that, like the 49ers, that has dominated on the ground against playoff defenses. And now they're going up against what fairly of the 12 playoff teams is a bottom half defense. I can't say I expect this bottom half defense to all of a sudden stop this team from dominating like they did against everyone else. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the way I'm looking at it. Mm -hmm. So I I, I will put it to you like this. I thought I loved the way Kansas – I think – I like the way Kansas City played. Once they got hit in the mouth initially, you know, fall, falling behind. But once they came back, I've liked I've liked the way they played since since they came since they came back in that game. And to me, I feel like the level that they have played since that moment, you know, for a game in three quarters. The level that they have played is what leads me to think, okay, this could be the team that slows them slows them down enough to get put up the points and give Patrick Mahomes an opportunity to put up points. Okay. All right. Let me ask some questions. All right. What's up? Chiefs defense. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was better than the Browns defense this year? 
Yeah. Yes. No, 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 seriously, like mm-hmm. the Browns' issues, they and they had them. I don't necessarily think their defense was the issue early in the year when Miles Garrett still playing. Mm-hmm. That defense had some talent. They. Do you think the Chiefs' defense was better than theirs? And if so, do you think it's a significant difference? Like, I don't know what statistically it was. I mean, um, I guess just eye test, eyeball, eyeball test. I would say yeah. Okay. Forty Nine has put up thirty one on them this year. Put thirty one on on the Browns. On the Browns, okay. Mm-hmm. You think the Chiefs' defense is better than the Panthers' defense this year? No, I didn't watch a lot of the Panthers' games this, this year. I, honestly, I couldn't tell you. Okay, because 49ers put up 51 on them. Mm-hmm. Seahawks, what would you say? Probably, you know. Because they scored. Actually, Seahawks did a decent job against them, kept them in the mid-20s both times. Mm-hmm. You're looking at the Saints. 49ers put up 48 on them. Mm. They put up 34, 34 against the Rams late in the year. 27 against the Vikings defense in the playoffs and 37 against the Packers defense in the playoffs. Mm. This team puts up points. That's what I, that was what I was going to say. Like, everybody thinks running game and defense, mm-hmm. and you're looking at old school 12-3, to 9-6 type football games. Mm. This team can score. And they don't have to be as good offensively as Kansas City. That's the thing. They just have to do better de- against Kansas defensively against Kansas City than Kansas City can do against them. Mm-hmm. You, see, you see what I mean? Yeah, I understand, I, no, I understand what you're saying. Like, pl- like well, playing sports. There were guys who were a, a lot of guys who were more offensively talented than me playing basketball. Mm-hmm. I, that being said. I more often than not, I felt like I can do better defending you than you can do defending me because I play defense too. Mm-hmm. And if I could do better defending you than you could do defending me, I'm a win. Even if you have quote unquote the better offensive game, you got this move and that move. I play D and you don't. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. And my gut keeps telling me that's what the case is going to be this game. Might not be like they shut down the Chiefs, but if they can make those one or two extra stops, extra stops that Kansas City's not able to make, that can that's the difference you need in the game. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, for me, I'm seeing 31-27 in favor of the 49ers, mm-hmm. but I also see, I think this is going to be a very very exciting game. With opposing styles, opposing strengths, and I don't think that either team is coming into this game thinking they're outmatched. I'll say it that way for sure. I wouldn't say that any team is a true underdog or truly outmatched in this game at all. I just give the edge to defense. If okay. I, what was your What was your pick again? Well, you said I you got said. the 49ers over the Chiefs, mm-hmm. thirty-one to twenty-seven. 31-27. All right. I will say, I will I will go 24-34. Andy Reid. Andy Reid gets his first Super Bowl win. And 
Kansas City Chiefs win 34-24 over the Kansas, uh, over the San Francisco 49ers. All right? So you're going Big Red. I'm going Big Red. You're going San Fran. I'm going San Fran. You're going Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. I'm, go- I'm going with Jimmy G and the right. 49ers. All right. Look, we, we will soon see. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun game either yes, way. Yes, 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 yes. All right. All right. We're going to take a break. Mm-hmm. And then after the break, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Okay. We got to get into it. We got to talk about the events of the week. Mm. We're, we're, I, I want to try to have fun isn't the bad, isn't the right word, but ha, let's talk about some good memories. Okay. Like, it, Mm -hmm. We'll we'll do our best. We'll do our best. We'll do our best. All right, we'll be right back on offense, defense, and discourse. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly they and are. New York. They are. Connecticut. James Lewis. I've never been to Connecticut, man. Connecticut, Jersey, you definitely from Uptown, New York. You definitely Manhattan, from New York if you shout it out Connecticut. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, y'all. Thanks again for hanging out with us still during the break. We talked a lot of football the first half of the show. Had some fun getting ready for the big game. Mm-hmm. And we're going to switch gears a little bit now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I want it intentionally to not mention this in the first half of the show. I wanted to, to delay it because, you know, had to talk about the big game. We want to talk mm-hmm. talk our sports, talk our football. And I know for me, once we go to this part of the show, it would have been difficult to gear it back up and get into football and, mm-hmm. have, and even think about having any kind of fun. This week was it – was, it was a little tough. For me personally, growing up southeastern Pennsylvania, graduating high school in 1996, Mm -hmm. playing high school basketball, 
at that point at least having hoop dreams and there is a name that if you played basketball in that region you've known since high school before the rest of the world knew who the kid was we did Mm -hmm. Kobe Bean Bryant Sunday morning all right Behind the curtain a little bit, John and I participate in a group on social media, shout out journalists on the rise, mm-hmm. where we have a lot of conversations and discussions just about re- many relevant topics that we can't necessarily always talk about publicly, but it's like mm-hmm. it's like a safe space for us to discuss all the different stuff, give each other advice, share mm-hmm help each other, promote each other's work, whatever. But in particular Sunday morning, being involved in this group with people that get a lot of early access to news, Mm -hmm. I see, I look at my phone Sunday, probably about... 10 minutes to 2 or so, around 2 o'clock-ish. And I start seeing a lot of alerts. And, uh-huh. and I look at one of the previews. It's something that caught my attention. Like, what? Can't believe. So I opened it up. And I can't believe what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I can't. Like, I really don't believe the news. I Not everybody in this, in this group is a sports person. So I'm truly, truly hoping that somebody got a hold of one of those just terrible internet rumors or something that we'll find out in an hour or two. No, it's not real. It was fake. And I want to start texting my friends and call it around. And everybody's looking at me like, huh? I haven't heard anything yet. I don't know anything. So, it's just this terrible, like, gut-wrenching news that you can't verify it. Mm. And I can't believe I'm actually about to say this, but in the moment, shout out to the police because they weren't, excuse me, they weren't publicly confirming anything until they were able to contact the family. But TMZ decides to release this story anyway, that their job is information, their job Mm -hmm. is to get the news, the story out first, that's their job. I don't blame TMZ for doing their job. But at the same time, it sucks. Because it's very, very likely in the internet day and age, the connected world that we're in, it's very likely you see this story on your phone or some alert pop up on social media before, if you're the family, I mean, that you see this pop up before that, that mm-hmm. they're able to contact you now. And that's a horrible new way to get any kind of news like this. It's And we'll, we'll, we'll I want to circle back to that as far as our discussion. Mm-hmm. But for for me, Sunday had a game plan. Um, shout out to Brian Waters, who we've had on this show. 
uh, Brian and I are both pro wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Sunday was the Royal Rumble. Oh, uh, you know, I'm. I, I know you don't share my my oh, love. I, I am not opposed to pro wrestling. I like pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. I, but you and Brian Waters are far more into it than I am. Well, I, w- I will say this: the Royal Rumble is my favorite pay per view mm-hmm. of the year. It is my more absolute, than WrestleMania. More yes, more than WrestleMania. I love the Royal Rumble. Okay, but more than SummerSlam. Yes. Okay. Yes. So more than Hell in a Cell. Yeah, more, more than all, Royal Rumble. Royal is, Rumble is, is your thing. Is my number is my number one, and I usually work early morning news. Which means I have to be at work at three a.m. Mm-hmm. So my plan was to come home from church on Sunday and to take a long nap, so I could get up, watch the Royal Rumble, and then take another short nap before going to work Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a play. My shout out to my brother. We it's my brother. I love him. We ain't got no beef. We just don't talk a lot. My brother called me to tell me about to tell me the news. My brother called me, and and I, I got to admit that that goes to my brother. I saw I, I, I saw the phone ring, and I'm still half sleeping. Like I'll, I'll, I'll hit him back. Mm-hmm. So sent my brother the voicemail, but then I saw all the notifications that you were talking about in the group. And as soon as I saw the notifications, I realized that's why my brother was calling me. And you know, it's, and as soon as as soon as I saw the first news story, mm-hmm. like I'd heard people talking about it, and for for me, when you you know, when you see stories like that, almost as important as the story. At this point now, is who's posting it. Mm-hmm. The source. The source. You know, is it a sto- is it a network that I've heard of? And I'll say this: mm-hmm. bash TMZ if you want, all you want. They don't get a lot of stuff wrong. No, it's it's funny, and it's funny how media has changed probably over the last ten years. Because I feel like honestly, since the death of Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. now you know, like when when that happened, you were looking at TMZ with a side eye. It was like, okay, TMZ said Michael Jackson was dead, but CNN, Fox, ABC, NBC hadn't said it yet. And so you're looking at TMZ like, okay, you're a tabloid. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you. Where now it's it's okay, I'm not seeing this on these other stations, but TMZ is saying it. So mm-hmm. this, it's, it's probably it's, true. It's probably true. And the thing was, like people were posting screenshots of the TMZ story. Mm-hmm. TMZ crashed. I went to TMZ. He tried to go, because they were the only people who had news Yeah, on. they were the only people who had news on it. I went to TMZ. TMZ had crashed. They weren't even up. Yeah, no, nobody else had ink on it except TMZ, mm-hmm. so. But nonetheless, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I hear the story, so I got to go tell the rest of my family. You know, this is the Philadelphia area, so just like you said, we, you know, at this point now, you know, Kobe, you know, Kobe's a household name. Truly. Truly one of, like, especially in beyond the- basketball household name. Mm-hmm. Like, people who, as far as I know, are not huge sports fans. You know it. You one know. way or another, felt this one. Yeah. You know, 
at this point, like, Kobe's up if there. You're with, over with, 30, with Jordan if you're over LeBron. 30, you grew up with Kobe. Yeah. Honestly, I'd probably say 2025. Mm-hmm. You because Kobe retired what three, four years ago? No, five. Because this is this this was his year. He was up for the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, so he's been out. Yeah. So, so yeah, you remember Kobe? You grew up with Kobe. It's it's one of those moments where you are forced to reflect on the fragility of life and also how uncontrollable life is. For all of our best laid plans and preparation and efforts, there are things that happen that we don't have the answers for. I didn't plan for this. I didn't want that. I didn't see it coming. I didn't expect it. And yet it happened. Mm. And now we have to after being knocked down, get up and keep going. So I would, what I want to do is at least in this second half of this, of this show, take a moment and celebrate, like really, really celebrate how great Kobe was. Like, you know I'm a basketball guy. Like, I am at heart a basketball guy. So it's it's easy for me to go back over the years and I can think of amazing moments, highlights, favorite plays, favorite are you remember how many times me and Toot be up in the barbershop arguing with AG, Mike versus Kobe and the Kobe was the first person who I ever even felt like it was worth having an argument about Mike about. Mm. It's only one other person now. But like you can bring up anybody any names other than Kobe or LeBron when we don't talk, want to argue about Mike who's the GOAT. Mm-hmm. So like Kobe was the only like prior to LeBron, Kobe was the only person people could argue like, well, Kobe no. Like who else you got? You nobody else could get at a time where the NBA needed greatness, Kobe gave it to him. Mm. After Mike, everybody's looking for the next one. They're looking for someone else to carry the standard. and Because no one really took it from Mike. Like Magic and Bird battled for it. Then Isaiah came up and snatched it. Mm-hmm. And then Mike said, nah, it's mine. And he never really gave it up. He retired on top. And then twice. Ke- twice. twice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the second time yeah. with the Bulls, he retired on twice. And then when he came back with the Wizards, he's a, four- yeah. he's a 40-year-old man just out there teaching class more than really. Mm-hmm. So when you see the Spurs start winning, the- 
and you're like, eh, okay, they won, but it doesn't feel the same because they didn't. It's like you have a heavyweight champ who gets the belt because somebody retired. He never actually knocked off the champ to earn it. He's got to go through some some title defenses before he really gets that respect. Mm-hmm. Kobe was the guy who was able to get a title, go through a couple defenses, and make you realize, oh, I'm he's that great too. He, he he's that guy. Like Kobe, yeah, it it was truly beautiful to watch like you Kobe's a guy you could watch his tape in slow motion mm-hmm. and just spend your time appreciating the artistry of his footwork his balance like his vision all of those things it, mm-hmm. he was a master of his craft all right so I'm just, well but before I go ahead we do we are going to have a special guest coming up in this half of the show as well mm-hmm. We will have Mr. Emery Dabney joining us. Emery, friend of mine, was point guard mm-hmm. for Lower Marion High School, the champion Lower Marion High School mm-hmm. bas- men's basketball team, and a teammate of Kobe Bryant. He will be joining us shortly. shortly. So I'm looking forward to having that conversation letting Lemery get a chance to share some stories with us, some things maybe we all weren't privy to since, you know, he can say, he can honestly say he knew, he went to war with the Kobe. He battled with him. He knows, he knows he's the Mamba, you know? So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And meantime, though, before we get to that, JB, let me just ask you. So I, I feel like I've been rambling a little <laughs> bit here which I'm not usually one to do. Mm. When when you say the name Kobe, you don't even have to say his whole name. You mm. just say no, Kobe. No, no, no. What comes to your mind? It's funny. I, I knew, you know, we both knew when it happened that eventually the two of us were going to sit down at a table. We were going to turn on two microphones we were going to hit record on a laptop and we were going to talk about this. And as much as we talk and you and I have sat down here and lost track of time and argue, you know, going back and forth over a bunch of things, a bunch of times. And sometimes it just seems really, really easy. It's like I think back, you know, we, you, you and I go back and forth, March Madness. You know, I, I remember uh, James Lewis, he hit us up because we were arguing over March Madness and he thought we were going to fight in the studio. And we, there have been times we've talked about things on this show where I will go back and edit it because we, we, we're, we are given – an hour and 55 minutes. Mm-hmm. So there have been times when we've had conversations where I got to go back into the show. Oh, we definitely we, had the trim. Yeah, we got yeah, to trim some things. But I knew we were going to have to talk about this, and I feel like I've been going back and forth in my head about what I was going to say for these last couple of days. And it's because I, 
I want to be honest. And I, you know, I, I want to be honest and I want to be transparent. But and at the risk of sounding cliche, I want to keep it real. You and I have talked about this on this show, and we've talked about it in the context of Kobe in this show. So I'll just, you know, ask for the listeners, indulge me for a second. I hated Kobe Bryant. Absolutely loathed Kobe Bryant. But I say it, I hated him in the context of sports. And I always used to talk about it in the context of sports. Whereas I respected him as a man, respected him as a father. I would say, hey man, I hated Kobe Bryant. I said it to somebody this week and they had, why would you hate Kobe Bryant? I'm like, I was a Sixers fan and Kobe consistently for almost 20 years gave the Sixers buckets every time. I hated Kobe Bryant because he was good at all the things I wanted to be good at. Kobe Bryant, as a 17-year-old, I used to watch, you know, I was, you you were, you were the, you and Kobe are the same age. So you were in high school when Kobe was in high school. I'm a couple years older than Kobe. So I was in college. So my, you know, so for me, when I was in high school, the end all be all was she. That, that was my guy. You know, the end all be all was she. For those that don't remember, Sheed Wallace was the Philly basketball the, legend. Mm-hmm. Class of, I want to say, it was 93-ish, 94, somewhere in there. Yeah. But he was the man of Philly basketball before Kobe. Before Kobe. It was, it was, he, he was the guy. And, and as just like Kobe was your guy, Sheed was my guy. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the idea of going from high school to college was still just, was it was still new. First guy to do it of, of our generation was KG. But to me, like Kobe, his game was different. Oh, you never saw it from a perimeter player yeah. before Kobe. Yeah, when if guys skipping college, going straight from high or school, were seven foot, yeah. seven footer, or seven foot. Your talking- Moses Malone's, your mm-hmm. Sean Kemp's, guys yeah. like that who who physically were six ten, mm-hmm. six two hundred forty pounds. They were kids, but they were in grown man yeah. bodies. And it was Kobe, like, like he was six six, mm-hmm. but and you, he was a skinny at, kid. If you if but if you look at even if you look at those old Lower Marion tapes, mm-hmm. like he, like Kobe easily stood out. He looked like a man amongst boys, but he was still he wasn't built like like or KG or Sheed or whatever. They looked like giants. Kobe was just you know he he was bigger than the other guys, but he you know he he was. He was he wasn't necessarily a giant, but no, no, he was still good. His game was a little bit more flashier than a K than a than a KG or a Sheet. But I think coming out of high school, the knock was he didn't have a true position. Like, what position would Kobe play if he went straight to the league? He was too small. He he was too small to play the three. Couldn't play the four. Did he have the jump shot to be a two? Did he have the handle to be a one? Like, what position would he play? But nonetheless, I think. But nonetheless, it's like like who he was. It, you know, it it bothered me. 
it bothered me and I can say I, I said it, you know, and it's not and it's not like this is necessarily like retrospect because I've said it all along. Like my hate for him was pure jealousy. You know, he, he was so good. And I didn't want to give him his props, but All right, I'm going to stop you there mm-hmm. if you don't mind. Um, Go ahead. Before we take a break, cuz mm-hmm. we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with Emery. Mm-hmm. But before that, I'm listening to you and I'm going to read something real quick. Mm-hmm. To Kobe from Philly. It shouldn't have been complicated, but I guess that's how we do things here. You had to go and say L.A. was home. So our love-hate relationship began. We wanted to claim all your accolades, the chips, the dominance, the love of the game, but you left home. Or so we thought. We hated that mob of mentality because we knew it, its roots were from our streets. Hard work doesn't happen in Hollywood, we told ourselves. As we rooted for you to fail, but we knew you wouldn't. You couldn't. Did you, did you really forget where you grew up? Where you learned to really ball? It sure felt like you did. <laughs> we said we'd never forgive you. So we gladly booed at your all-star MVP. Don't come home. You were our prodigal son. But then something happened. Our son became a dad. And he looked like us. He loved like us. And when we won the Super Bowl, we saw you celebrating like us. And we fell in love again. Or stayed in love. Philly never left you. You never left Philly. We'll take care of Vanessa and your girls. Your family, our family, as best we know how, with love. Come to think of it, it really wasn't that complicated. That comma was never really there. Thanks for everything, Kobe, from Philly. Mm. My cousin wrote that a couple couple days ago, and I felt like it really kind of captured the city's like like you were saying how how you hated Kobe, mm-hmm. y- you hated him because he was a Laker and they ripped our hearts out. Mm-hmm. But but you you had the respect, yes. if nothing else, yes, the competitor, yes. the skill, the passion, the yes. work, the love, and you had to at some point, at some part of you feel connected to it because mm-hmm. you like 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 I just read, you knew where he got it from. Yeah. You knew where he learned it. it like, that killer in him, mm-hmm. we hated it because we loved it. We recognized it. Mm-hmm. It's like how people say, all right, one of my favorite movies of all time, Tombstone. <laughs> okay. You see, you know the movie? Great movie. Masterclass of writing. But there's a scene in that movie where Johnny Ringo and Doc Holliday meet. And Doc Holliday looks over at his lady and says, should I like him? Like, just met. But he's already thinking he doesn't like him. He looks and says, it's something around the eyes that reminds me of uh, me. (laughs) Yep, that's it. I don't like him. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I, like, 
what it was with Kobe. It was, yeah, I mean, it was he was us, but he was playing for somebody else. He was playing for. It's like <laughs> I've I, I've I've been thinking about how just how the, the coverage of of Kobe and his life is, especially around this city. And it's like I I kind of compare it. I compared it to to Tupac when Tupac died, because when when he died, that was still the midst of the East Coast West Coast beef. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of people on the East Coast that, that didn't mess with Pac, that didn't like Pac. Once Pac was gone, all that animosity was gone, you know. And now, you know, especially you know as the generations have changed. And there's a new generation. There's, you know, there have been a couple of generations of rappers since Tupac. But now people remen- remember him so fondly. You know, you almost forget all the people who had, you know, who didn't like him, who criticized Tupac over the years. Now, you know, you don't talk about that anymore. And you look at it now and it's like, look, you know, as deservedly so, Kobe is, you know, universally loved, fondly remembered. I got I don't go to a lot of NBA games, but I remember my wife and I. Oh, it was a date night. Got tickets to see Sixers and the Lakers, and it was you know for me it was something I was really looking forward to. And I used to tell my I was telling my wife, I just want to go so I can boo Kobe. That's all I want to do. It's like I can't wait. I get you know we had really good seats. It's in fact it's, it's crazy. David Stern was at the game. It was Sixers and the Lakers. David Stern was at the game, and I had better seats than David Stern. And I took a picture of of David Stern from my seats. Like here I am. I'm I'm closer to the game than him. So I know it's like I'm over here, and I'm and truthfully, I'm giving Kobe the business all game. Like you suck, Kobe. You garbage, Kobe. You know. But it's like. I'm sure he's heard worse. <laughs> I'll guarantee you, he's heard uh, you know, worse. because because to me, you know, and and it's something that I've, you know, you and I have talked about on this show, where it's like, you know, it there's there's a line, there's a context. So you know, if I'm talking about Kobe sucks, whatever, you know, it's whatever. I we know Kobe don't suck. Mm. You know, there, there's there's no argument to whether and you know if. Whether you want to call him the greatest or one of the greatest, whatever you know, Kobe's in that conversation. But to me, it was like it was always about it was always about sport, and I was and you couldn't you could not help but respect his game. He's one of the greatest. That's not you know that's not even up for debate. And maybe that was you know maybe that drove the resentment, but. You know, I, I respect. You know, I, I always respected him. You know, and just like all the greats that that come, you know, you you spend their whole playing career being critical of them, but once they leave the game, that's when you you know you have more of an opportunity to respect them as people, to see them as people. 
you know, as they walk away from the game. You know, I felt the same way. You know, like my respect for Kobe in his post-basketball career was the same way I felt about Magic. Same way I felt about Jordan. Same way I felt about Aikman. Same way I felt about Emmett Smith. You know, people, you know, athletes who dominated my teams during their playoff, you know, during their playing careers as they've now wa- walked away from the game. So to see Kobe being a father to his daughters, of course that talks, you know, that always spoke to me. I got two daughters of my own. You know, you, it, it's funny. You know, what, what really, what kind of got to me was hearing LeBron and Shaq refer to his daughter as their niece. Saw, you know, Dwayne Wade talking about how Kobe interacted with his son. And I feel like as a father, that's all you want to do. You know, as a father, all you ever want to do is be able to utilize the resources that you can provide to your children to the best of their ability. Your daughter wants to play basketball here. Let me, you know, your daughter wants to play basketball here. Let me introduce you to Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. You can hate on that all you, you can hate on that all you want, but in the end, it's like those were those were the resources that he has. That's what he earned. So how can I, you know, that's all I ever want to do. You know, if my child wants to follow my career into media, if I can introduce them to people in media, that's what I'm going to do. So I respected him as a dad. You know, I respected him as a man. I respected him as a ball player, even though I hated the fact that he always gave the sixes buckets. I was seven years old when the Sixers won a championship in 83. I was seven. You know, I don't remember much about that series. I just remember that when it was all over, the Sixers were called world champions. And I thought that was, the you know, that was the biggest thing in the world. You know, we talked about that when the Eagles won. The, just those words, world champions champion being able to attach that to a team that you cheer from that you cheer from cheer for and all i you know in 2001 i i thought you know there there was a chance that we could attach those words to the philadelphia 76ers one more time and kobe took that from me and he enjoyed taking it from me he said he wanted to rip the fans heart out he might as well have said, I want to rip John Brown's heart out because that's exactly what he did. But in the end, you know, you got to respect him. I respect, you know, it's not, he didn't cheat. You know, he didn't cheat the Sixers out of a championship. He just whooped their ass. He just whooped on them. They were just better. He was just good. He was one, he's one of the greatest. So, you know, it's like, so like you, you know, it hurt. You know, it hurt a little bit. You know, and you know, I don't, I don't know him. You know, I didn't know him personally. But, you know, I always, you know, it's just as much as I enjoyed rooting against, you know, as much as I enjoyed rooting against him, it was always about sport. Always about sport. So, you know, just like you, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hurting like you are. Because he was still, he's one of the greatest players. And he, you know, 
in the end, you know, he, he's a dad just like me. He's husband just like me. And it's, it, it, it hurts. It hurts. All right, well. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, mm-hmm. we're going to be joined by Emery Dabney. And then we're going we're to get into some, some of the fun some stories. Fun, fun stuff. Real, uh, talk about fun stories. Uh, are you friends with uh, John Celestine? John Celestine? Nah, I, I can't say I know him. Know him personally, no. Okay. Well, he he's on Facebook, mm-hmm. and you know he played 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 his college ball at Villanova. Yeah. Played for uh, mm-hmm. all week. He's just been talk, telling Kobe stories, and they've just been awesome. Just all week, just good Kobe stories. I just like every post that he's been posting all week. It's just been Kobe stories, and they've <laughs> they, they've been really really good. So I I'm 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 enjoying this. You know, any player you can shed some light on it, tell some good stories, I'm all for I'm here for that. Oh, absolutely. All right, so let's take a break, and we'll come back. We'll do that, all right? Yep. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. James Lewis. I've never lived in a city like Phoenix where the downtown is not the center of the city. The, what's popping is out in Scottsdale. <laughs> That's where everything's popping. That's where all the five-star That's restaurants where the clubs are. are in Scottsdale. The best clubs in towns are in Scottsdale. The best mm. spas are in Scottsdale. If anything, they need to build the arena in Scottsdale and move everything from downtown out to Scottsdale. Yeah, they build in the then white castles a, Then you have an elite in franchise. Scottsdale. Next to them, next to them, carved houses in Camelback Mountain. That's where everything is popping to me, from what I've white seen castles in my two years. It's coming uh, to yeah. Scottsdale. I will be there. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo squad. Next to, the, next to the spot is like eight hundred dollars. It don't matter. It <laughs> don't matter. I'm up, I'm up in that <laughs> piece. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. I'm little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, that like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pour me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back. We've been we've been talking a little yeah. basketball the second half of the show. We were of course getting into some of our memories recollections of Kobe Bryant and the way he's impacted so many people those who have met him or not now we have joining us someone who not only knew Kobe but could actually say he went to he went to war with him he went to battle with him Emery Dabney from who was Kobe's teammate at Lower Marion High School when they they won a championship together? And Emory, first I want to say you have our condolences on the loss. We know this is tough on friends and family alike. 
and we we can only imagine what it's like to go through something so suddenly unexpected so thank you for taking yeah, just the time out that, to know. join us and share with it's us no yeah it's no problem at all man i appreciate the kind words you know we're all going through it um you know kobe touched so many of us even like you said people that didn't know him. um but it's you know it's really hard for people to know him but it looks like it's just as hard for people who didn't as well um so yeah thanks for the kind words i really appreciate it uh not a problem so I'm going to start here, simple one. Playing basketball at Lower Marion, what is your first remem- first memory of Kobe? That's a good question. I mean, I had been playing with Lower Marion before I transferred in. I was going to a small private school, but I was playing, playing summer league with, uh, with Lower Marion um, since my ninth, eighth grade year. Um, I think I met Kobe... At Narvis League was the first time I met him. And the coach told him, you know, I was coming in to, uh, you know, I was going to play. Um, I was going to transfer in. He kind of knew how I was from before, from just watching me play as a young, you know, as a youngster. From that point on, I mean, he kind of took me under his wing and, you know, we were working out together and spent a lot of time together from that point on. But I, I'm pretty sure I met him that, that summer um, where I was going to play summer league with them. All right. So... When you all became teammates, was it just like a because I know for me, playing going back to high school sports, especially that amount of time you spend with your teammates at that age, it almost becomes like your teammates are your brothers. What was it like going through those experiences on that team on your way to a championship? Like, well, yeah, I mean, what you said is exactly right. I mean, it's like your brotherhood. I mean, especially um, at that time, we were trying to build a program, and they had won the year before. And uh, obviously, Kobe being the, one of the one two best players in the country, we travel quite a bit. So, you know, when you travel quite a bit, you're, you're flying here, you're, you're, you're taking long bus rides there. You become even closer than, than like, the regular high school would be. Um, but just, you know, becoming close, a close knit family and Kobe being a part of that, it was just incredible, like being around him. Um, they talk about the mom mentality and that kind of developed, you know, midway in his career. Um, but he had that mentality when he was 16, 17 years old. Um, uh, since I knew him, he had that mentality. He was always just a little different than, uh, you know, the average high school player. Okay. So... Going back to then, did you see, like you say, that mentality was different then? Was it, everyone always refers to the Mamba mentality that you mentioned. Was it a singular focus on greatness? Was it about winning? Was it just about putting his best into whatever he did? It kind of encompassed all that. You know, it was about being the best you could possibly be. It was about winning. Um, it was about, you know, focus. It was all those things wrapped into one, but the end game to all that was winning. Um, being the best you could be, extreme focus, all that is a process in the winning, and that's how he approached everything. I mean, he got amazing grades. He could have gone to any Ivy League school he wanted to if he really if he wanted to go that direction. Um, he, he tried to win every drill. Everything he did, he wanted to be the best at. And if you were around him, and you weren't trying your best to trying to get better, he wasn't too happy with you. So, you know, it, it encompassed that the mom mentality kind of encompasses everything. 
right. So, all right. I'm trying to, because I think for most of this week at this point, by the time this airs Friday morning, a lot of people who have spent a lot of time being sad and trying to process grief this week. What, if any, memories stand out that were happy ones that you think you could share, if in, if there are any? If well, we any. had a lot of funny times. I mean, we used to, you know, obviously was really into hip-hop and rap. And um, we used to all freestyle on the back of the bus. And um, that, that was a lot of fun. But a lot of the things I remember just playing with him and working out with him, a lot of intimate time we played together. Some of the stories about, you know, you're hearing stories that are coming out about just how focused he was. And um, I remember the summer we were um, going into his senior year. We, we were lucky enough to practice with the Sixers. And I was young. I was able to, to participate and work out with him. And it was the first time he was about to play against Jerry Stackhouse, and uh, who the Sixers had just drafted. Um, and we used to run on the track. And this is August, mind you. Mm-hmm. So John Lucas, his daughter, went to our high school. So he took a real a liking to us and to our team and he was like another coach almost so he allowed us to work out with him so we were we'd work out on the track in august 90 degree weather first and then we would go over to st joe's and to episcopal across the street and and play pickup so you know mind you it was 90 degrees so after running the track i used to always ride with kobe to the other gym in his car um to work out so we get in the car and he puts the windows up and turns the heat on mind you it's 90 degrees outside <laughs> So I'm like, Kobe, what are you doing? Like, I can't, I'm going to have a heart attack, man. Like, I can't, I'll walk. He's like, nah, man, I'm about to go and get Stackhouse. I got to stay warm. And I'm like, what do you mean you got to stay warm? It's 90 degrees outside. So he's like, I got to stay warm. If I if I sit in the car, even if it's warm outside, my muscles are going to tighten up and I'm about to go and get Stackhouse. So I got to, you know, I got to be my best. And I remember thinking like, this dude is crazy. But that's how he approached it, whatever little edge or, as minute as it possibly could be, he was going to explore that or do it to be the best he could be. And I remember we were laughing later, but it was like, that's how he was. So what what was that like? You're, you know, you're going into your senior year, your senior year of high school, and you were watching your teammate take on Jerry Stackhouse, who was the number, who was number two pick in the draft. Was, was he number two? Yeah, number number two pick in the draft. For this, right. for the hometown Sixers, and your high school teammate is about to take him on one on one. What was that like for you? What were you thinking? It was all, it was all just a bit of like, I don't know. Looking back on it, 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 you saw him work so hard throughout the year and throughout the years before that that you were kind of like you had all the confidence in the world, and you kind of thought that it didn't matter who he was playing against. So it wasn't like a surprise because to be honest with you, Kobe was absolutely fearless. I mean, he didn't care where he was or who he was playing against. So when I saw him going against Stackhouse, it kind of wasn't even a surprise. It was kind of like I almost expected it. So seeing him play and work out, um, you knew that it was possible. You definitely knew it was possible. So it, was, uh, it wasn't surprising at all. It really wasn't. Now we've heard a lot of people this week talk about playing with Kobe, especially in the high school days. I've heard uh, you know, head coach, assistant coaches talking about it. But for, but for you, at what point did you realize that Kobe was something special? At what point, playing alongside him, that you saw that you realized, hey, this 
we're different. We're dealing with a different type of cat here. Um, way before I played with him. I mean, it was probably uh, a couple years before that when you used to see him play against. I can't pinpoint one particular time because it was like every time you saw him play, he was killing somebody. Um, I, I mean, when I knew he was special, probably when that summer when he went against Stackhouse because we had been working out with some other Sixers guys. I remember Kerry Kittles was part of it. But when uh, when he did his thing with Stackhouse, I was like, okay, this is this is a different guy. Um, this is someone that, he, you know. And that was before – I was a sophomore at the time. I was going to my sophomore year. He was going into his senior year. So that was like right before the season started. So that's why I was like, man, look, like it's no one's going to be able to beat us. If this guy is doing what he wants against these people, then he's going to be special. And he's going to be special at the next level. All right. So we're talking about those high school years. There's a story that I've heard floated around for years that I would actually like confirmation for on from someone that I was played on that team. How true is it that games were intentionally kept close just so you could show how good he was in the fourth quarter? <laughs> That's not true at all. <laughs> okay. Because I've heard that story floated a couple times, and, and I figured you'd be a good person to ask about that one. No, we used to we used to beat the hell out of teams, man. We, we didn't keep any game close as we couldn't, I mean. I think we lost. Uh, uh, we lost in like maybe November. Um, to I forget who. Do we, oh, we went to uh, the Beachball Classic in South Carolina, and we lost to a nationally ranked team. And that had to be that was around Christmas time, so it had to be December because it was a Christmas tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't lose again until March. I mean, we didn't lose again at all the rest of the season. We won about I think we won about twenty games straight. Okay. After that, um, yeah, we, we used to beat the hell out of the team. We definitely weren't trying to keep the game close. I mean, I remember our coach, the game would start. Before, you know, you, you huddle up before you go out to, to start the game. And he would say, uh, all right, I'll see you guys when it's 14 to 2. And long and behold, it would be 14 to 2 when they call a timeout. We'd be sitting there. And he'd be like, all right, here's what we used to. So we, we never tried to keep a game close. And Kobe never had that mentality. I mean, he's trying to kill you. And, and that's why I had to ask, because, you know, you and I have played ball together a few times, and I've always known you to be a real competitor. And everything about Kobe screams competitor, and he'll do what he can to bury you. So, yeah, I mean, so the idea of, like that. Yeah, so the, I'm not like that either. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to keep nothing close. Exactly. Like, like that's what <laughs> I mean. Like, I know you too. Like, you're not, yeah. they're not that type. So the idea of, keeping a guy a game close d- didn't sit right with me so that's why i had to ask about that one no yeah no we, we weren't trying in fact we uh in the state playoffs we beat a team they didn't score the first quarter they didn't score about midway through the second quarter so mm-hmm. like we were and we intentionally tried to do that like we were our coaches thing were like single digit quarter so we were trying to get whole teams to four points a quarter like that's how that's the type of stuff we were on so you know, trying to keep a game close, nah, that, was never, <laughs> that was never part of the plan. And did, did Kobe buy into that mentality? Was he like, okay, if this is going to be a single-digit quarter. Was Did he buy into that? Was he all all in on they're just not going to score? Kobe was all in, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, he was I – mean, he would check you. He, he, You know, the thing about Kobe is accountability. So he tried to hold himself accountable, but he would also hold you accountable too. So somebody was scoring, 
he'd say something to you and you know you wanted to be you wanted to do your best too because you know how hard he worked and you know you know what, what it was about it was about winning so you know yeah he he definitely had that mentality and, and you know it was it was like look i'm trying to crush you flat out like we're not trying to even make this close the fact that somebody scored you know it would be like you know we'd be pissed and we could we might be up 40 and he still was like look i don't you know, I'm not cool with this. Mm-hmm. Y'all up 40. Did he want to come out of the game? He was. I mean, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't care. He was cool about that. He mm-hmm. was. You know, we were up by a lot. He was. He had no problem when I quick took him out the game. Okay. Now he go. Now, so he leaves Lower Marion. He goes to the pros. Goes to the Lakers. Were there right. times in his pro career where you saw something that he did and you? you instantly tied it to something that you saw at Lower Marion where you were, you were sitting there like, yeah, that's, that's the Kobe I played with. I mean, his whole career was like that. I mean, I remember his first, uh, I, I had a close friend that, that represented uh, Ben Wallace and uh, Ben Wallace at the time wasn't Ben Wallace. He was like, you know, last guy on the bench, just made the wizards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he, uh, it was a preseason game and Kobe crossed the guy over and it took off and put his knee in Ben Wallace's face and just dunked on him. That was before Kobe was even playing a lot. And I was like, that's crazy. But I seen him do that in high school. <laughs> I've seen him do that to a lot of people. And believe it or not, that, ben, that, that dunk was on the cover of a, of a game and they had to pay Ben Wallace as well. Because <laughs> he's in the on. image. <laughs> and at that time, that was like more money than he had made in his career getting paid off Kobe putting his knee in his face because I was friends with his agent at the time. So oh, that's crazy. kind of a crazy story. Oh, that's hilarious. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. Kobe could make you ben famous. Then yeah. Ben Wallace and it was a whole other story. Because you probably would have sit there and be like, no, hell no, you can't use that picture. But then you see the check, <laughs> you see you see that bread that's coming in, you like, oh, 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 oh okay. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know. It was like, okay, uh, well, you know, we can, we can make this work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, man. Emery, I'm not going to keep you. I know you had a busy week. People probably making a lot of demands of your time, so I don't want to keep you too long. I really appreciate you sitting down to talk with us for a couple minutes. Oh, no problem, man. Thanks for having me, man. uh, No problem. Before you go, if there were in one sentence, one, two quick sentences, if you could think of one way that you would want people to remember Kobe, what would it be? Determination, uh, achievement. I mean, he he accomplished everything he set out to do, and that's that that's the one word: I mean, determination and achievement. Because he he just he wasn't gonna. There's no way he wasn't gonna achieve his goal. He just he just wasn't gonna. He refused to be regular. So those two things are just you know something that people need to keep in mind when they think of Kobe. And you know you could kind of relate that to your everyday life no matter what you're doing put your all into it be great at it yep he wasn't for regular he didn't want to be around you if you were trying to be regular <laughs> yeah he wasn't even trying to deal with you uh, yeah. i could appreciate sure. that well emory yeah, we're no gonna problem. let we're gonna let you go thank you thank you again for joining us yes thank you much respect my brother there's no problem man you guys are going i appreciate it all right have a good one peace thanks man all right bye all right all right, man. good stuff. Really, thanks again to Emery Dabney for joining us. Uh, 
good show, man. Good, good show, show, man. Look, look, I, I like the direction that you wanted going because Kobe is to be celebrated. Man. Exactly. And Kobe is to be celebrated. You know, we, 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 we've mourned, you know, and there's still, there's still a little bit of mourning to mm-hmm. do, but you know, he, he, he had, he lived a life worth celebrating in there. One thing, especially here, which is in his hometown, in his home area that, you know, it, it's you just, there's a lot to celebrate and there are a lot of good memories. You know, even even for me, as someone who who avidly rooted against him, you know, he, there were still good times. There were still good memories, you know, and he, and he provided a lot of entertainment. So it was good to celebrate him, and it's good to take you know take those good vibes into what is still Super Bowl weekend, bro. So you know, we we going we we still got a Super Bowl to play. We still got the game. Still got the game, man. <sighs> Next time we talk, we'll be getting into the results. Mm-hmm. JB, thanks again for everything you do helping us put this Ain't show no together. No problem, man. No problem. Thanks again to Emery for joining us for a few minutes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, thank, we- and I also want to thank Norman Niles, who wrote the the poem that I read, the letter to Kobe that from was, Philly. That was good stuff, man. And that's all I got for you this week, JB. All right. Just, just a reminder. Hit us up on Twitter. And that's it. That's all we got. So, oh, ODD uh-huh. only has Twitter. ODD only, yes. ODD only. But you has can Twitter. find us on Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram. Yes. I'm even on Snapchat, JB. What? what? I'm everywhere. You on Snapchat now? I'm on LinkedIn. I, Jonesy gone global. I don't. I don't even know you. It's like I don't even know you anymore. Mm-hmm. Who is this guy? <laughs> Who are you? Jonesy underscore LJR. Holla at me. Oh, oh. you hurry. Holler at my man Jonesy at Jonesy underscore LJR and then holler at us the show O underscore D underscore discourse at Twitter, you know, and that's it. But it's all good. <laughs> We're working on it. It's a step in the right direction. <laughs> all right. Hey, look, enjoy the Super Bowl. Go Chiefs. We'll see. Yeah, we, we will see. We'll be back and I'll be able to rub this in. Are we able to rub a Chiefs win in the Jonesy's face? (laughs) Have a good weekend, y'all. We out. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. Radio.